And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Herbert Marshall stars in a Christmas-themed episode of Suspense that you won't want to miss from 1948. But it's time now for Movie Jeopardy! Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular Christmas movies. I'll try to name the movie while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. I think you're going to love this segment because this is my favorite holiday movie. It's your favorite holiday movie. That's correct. Mine. Okay. Not yours. I don't know what yours are. Right. But I know what mine are. And so I think you'll do really well because I think, I don't know, maybe some of these will be your favorites too. All right. There's okay. a lot of them I can think of. Right. Give me one. Elf. Elf. You like That's that That's like my favorite one. Hmm. Okay. Anything else? Um, comes to mind? Well, It's a Wonderful Life is great. Right. I also like, um, well, you know, like um, Chevy Chase, you know, Christmas Christmas, Christmas vacation. vacation, but my probably my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Well, Elf, and also a Christmas story. Christmas story. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see if we overlap at all. All right. Let's start with the first one. I don't think you like this one. Nineteen ninety. This is a, what is this? A cur- it, it, it is. It's a, it's a fantasy. Um, if I give you any. Edward Scissorhands? Yes, it is. It, what? Yes. It's Edward Scissorhands? Yeah, because that was. It was a talking, Christmas movie? It is. They were talking and he, those were his scissor blades instead oh. of hands. And he falls in love with Winona Ryder. Wow. Wow. Well, I, you might not like it. I don't even know if I've ever seen this movie. It's Maybe. Uh, directed it by Tim Burton. I love it. Really? It's a lot of fun. Oh, it's Johnny Dove. Okay, right. So, All right. Hey, I'm one for one. There you go. Um, here's your next one. It needs no introduction. What do you wish when you threw that? No. <laughs> oh, no. Mary. Oh, tell me. If Mary. Those, might not come through. I'm going to lasso that what do you want? moon for you, Mary. You, you want the moon? A lasso. Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and that's pull it down. That's what I'll do, Mary. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. I'll I'm glad I thought moon, of it. Right? I'll take it. All right, so that's well, uh, yeah. Go ahead. That's an easy one. It sure is. That's uh, it's a wonderful life. That's exactly right. And I was going to pick a different clip, but I just kept Mary. going back to that. I just had to do it, Mary. And of course, it's produced and directed by Frank Capra. Exactly. So this was nominated for five Academy Awards, mm-hmm. and it's been recognized by the American Film Institute as one of the 100 best films made. Wow. So it's a it's a doozy. 
Yeah. All right. I like it. I know. Me too. I think you like this I watch it one. like every Christmas. You I know. watch it a lot. My husband yeah. loves this one too. Does so. he? <laughs> All right. 1947. I just want to give you a few tips on how to be a good Santa Claus. Yes. I love Go it. Go right ahead. Edmund uh, Here's a list of toys that we have to push. Mm. <laughs> Things that we're overstocked on. Now, you'll find that a great many children will be undecided as to what they want for Christmas. Right. When that happens, you immediately <laughs> suggest one of these items. Mm. You understand? I, I certainly, certainly do. do. <laughs> Good. Ollie. <laughs> I certainly do, Ollie. And that is? That's uh, an easy one. That's yes, Edmund is. Gwen. He won an Academy Award for playing That's right. Chris he, uh, best Kringle. Actor. That's exactly right. And that's right. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street. You got it. I don't know. I couldn't do this list without Miracle on 34th Street. True. Exactly. True. Uh, all right. Mm-hmm. This is all going to be easy for you because these are just good well, classic films. I'm, you know, I'm smart. You're, you're the best. I'm smart. Mm-hmm. 1989. And humble. Catherine, this turkey tastes half as good as it looks. I think we're all in for a very big treat. Save the neck for me, Clark. <laughs> Save the neck for me, Clark. <laughs> Save the neck for me, Clark. <laughs> okay, Eddie. <laughs> oh, excuse me. There it goes. Sorry. It's a small room here. Sorry, Carl, Sorry you- Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so that I'm used is, to it. Uh, <laughs> so that is uh, Christmas Vacation, right? Christmas National vacation. Lampoon's yeah. Christmas Vacation, 1989. Chevy that Chase. Was Chevy Chase. That's the third installment in the Vacation series, written by um, Harold Ramis, John Hughes. Oh, John Hughes, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's the best clip ever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. save the neck for me, Clark. Clark. Um, great family comedy. Yeah. All right. Uh, this next one. I think I've gotten them all so far. Oh, you'll get them all. This next one, one of your favorites. All right. Dad! Oh, my. (laughs) Dad. All right. uh, Let's get it over with. (laughs) James I I worked all day and night to find you. Uh, You look like you came from the North Pole. (laughs) That's exactly where I came from. (laughs) Santa must have called you. Oh, yeah, sure. He, uh. Just got off the cell phone with me. You did? <laughs> <laughs> this is such a great movie. Like, whoever came up with the concept for this. Yeah, but nobody could do it the way that Will Ferrell no, did it. No, he's great. And, I mean, James Caan was great as his dad. Yes. But, um, I mean, there's other people that could have, you know, you never know. If this was cast differently, we would have loved it with those people, too. But Will Ferrell is amazing in this. Yeah. I'm disappointed that he didn't do a sequel. They wanted to do a sequel to this movie, and he turned it down. And they offered him a ton of money. I'm but sure they did. Maybe he just didn't like that suit or something, being in that uh, elf suit all day long. I don't know. But this is Elf. This is definitely Elf 2003. And, um, of course, Will Ferrell, James Conn. There was Zoe Deschanel. Is yeah. The- the girl of his dreams. If you've not seen this movie, oh, and I can't do. believe Bob that. Newhart is I'm in sure this. everyone listening has seen Elf, but if by chance you have not seen it's Elf. It's the kind of thing you want to re-see over and over. You have to see it. I agree. This yeah. has got to be on the list. And finally. It's definitely like four stars. Four stars out of? Four. Okay, good. Last one, but definitely not least. Who are you? Ask me who I was. <laughs> You're particular for a ghost. Who are you then? In life, I was your partner. Marley. Jacob Marley. Marley. Can you sit down? I can. We'll do it then. Oh, 
You don't believe in me. I don't. Hmm. Well, I know what it is. I'm just wondering, there's been several versions of this. I'm yes. just what year did you say this um, was? So this is well, what is the name of this? Well, it's a Christmas Carol. This is a Christmas Carol. This is a 1984 film adaptation. Oh, is that um, um George C. Scott? Yeah, I was say George C. Scott, yes. yeah. And um yeah, that's Christmas Eve. I just uh saw the uh the, play. the musical yeah. um at, at Goodman, Goodman Theater yeah. with Lariando and um it was just wonderful, and it got to revisit all of the ghosts of they Christmas do, past, present, and future. They really do an incredible job. Like It's like a Broadway production, I mean, for sure. Carl, It's it as was, good as any Broadway production. I don't know what it was. I just felt really into it. I was also sitting in the third row, <laughs> and so I really felt the passion. Lisa I felt has the moments. clout. <laughs> she definitely has clout. I really, goes, I took my daughter, and we had VIP to the all VIP. Yeah. We had the best time, so yeah. always great. Well, Man. fantastic. All right. I got them all, Lisa. It's a lot of fun sharing holiday movie traditions with you. All (laughs) All right. When we come back, we're going to start some really, I mean, amazing holiday programming for you folks. Suspense. Herbert Marshall coming your way. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. All right, we're going to start our holiday programming for this edition of Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood? What? <laughs> what, what did Hada-wa? you say? Hada-wa? Hada-wa? <laughs> Hollywood 360. Uh, <laughs> maybe I drank too much Roma wines. Uh, well, we posted a video. Check out our Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, there's a video there. Show you what um, I got Lisa for. Christmas, uh, just go to Facebook and search Hollywood 360 Radio. And uh, also like us when you're there, please. Uh, we would appreciate that. All right, we're going to start things off with suspense. Now, this story, which is um, known as, um, you know, one of the one of the best Christmas stories they ever did on suspense. It's called Back for Christmas. Although this particular episode, they call it Holiday Story. I'm not sure why, but um, it was done several times. I think this might be the best version of it, though. Um, Herbert Marshall just does a great job as a meek British botany professor who... Um, plans a devil's garden in his basement. Um, he has a a real um, sinister reason for planting a devil's garden in his basement, which you'll find out. Um, he has a kind of a nagging, hen-pecking wife mm. that he wants to get rid of. Uh-oh. You know? <laughs> I mean, that can happen. Can it? Yeah. Have you ever just experienced Just ask Dan. That? I mean, uh, just ask Dan. You're funny. <laughs> December 23rd, 1948. Here's part one of Suspense. In just a moment, Autolite presents Suspense with Herbert Marshall. It was the night before Christmas, and in Santa Claus' sleigh, the electrical system was plenty okay. The ignition was perfect, worked like a dream, and the sleigh ran so smooth it made Santa beam. Well, what was Santa's secret, Arnold? I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, it's no secret at all. It's just Autolite. <laughs> now, Harlow. You see, Hap, with all the kids in the world depending on old St. Nick Christmas Eve, he plays safe by replacing old or worn-out parts in his Autolite-equipped car, uh, sleigh, with Autolite original factory parts, resistor spark plugs, stay full batteries, distributors, starting motors, coils, generators, wire, and cable. All famous for their Autolite ignition engineer dependability. 
Santa does it. Why don't you? Harlow, Harlow, let's switch from Santa to suspense. Suspense. Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations bring you Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills. Starring tonight, Mr. Herbert Marshall in Anton Leder's production of John Collier's Holiday Story. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. All the way. Oh, what fun. Just right. In one horse open shay. Oh, jingle bells. Wilfred! Wilfred! Yes, my dear? What on earth are you doing down here in the cellar? Why? Uh, just doing a little digging. And why, may I ask, have you chosen this day of all days to dig up the cellar floor? Well, I. I thought as. The weather's been so damp, this would be a good time to plant that little devil's garden I told you about. Devil's garden? What if a nonsense is that? Oh, that was my little joke about it. You see, I've, I've managed to get hold of the spores of several unclassified wild orchids. Oh. In their wild state, they bloom under, under damp masses of leaf mold. The Orocanian Indians call them devil flowers because they appear to bloom under the ground. Well, I'm sure the Orocanian Indians will be very interested if you succeed in growing these ridiculous flowers under the cellar floor. Whom else it will interest? I can't imagine. Ooh, what's that terrible smell? That's the leaf mold. Chemically identical with the earth blanket they grow under in the wild state. I suppose I should line the pit with concrete so as to prevent seepage from this foreign soil, but I don't suppose there'll be much time for it now, and I... I do want to get these started before we close the house. There certainly will not be time for it. Do you realize that we're sailing for America a week from today? And you've made no arrangements whatever. Unless you call digging a hole in the cellar making arrangements. I certainly don't. Devil's garden, indeed. Sometimes I think you're going soft in the head, Wilfred. I suppose it is inconsiderate of me. You see, I've been wanting to try this experiment for a long, long time, but... <laughs> What with my lectures and seminars at the university, there never seemed a time. Well, there certainly isn't any time for it now. I suppose you've forgotten I made an appointment for you at the barber's this afternoon. Oh, no, 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 no. But, uh, must I shave off my beard, Hermione? I thought we'd been through all that. Of course you must. They don't wear beards in America. Go get your jacket on and do as I tell you. Yes, Hermione. And don't forget to take your umbrella. It looks like rain. Yes, Hermione. Oh, don't look so put upon, Wilfred. No, I... Someone has to plan things in this house or you'll never even get to the university in time for your lectures, much less make arrangements for a trip to America. Oh, I know, I know. But what about my specimens? There'll be plenty of time to plant your precious devil's garden when we get home from America. We're not going to be gone forever, you know. We'll be back here for the holidays. Oh, yes, of course, back for the holidays. I'd forgotten. Well, try to remember it. And if you can't do that, just do as I tell you. I've been making the plans in this house for 20 years. And if there's any digging to be done, I'll manage that as well. You understand, Wilfred? Yes, Hermione. Good. You have just 20 minutes to clean up this mess down here and keep your appointment at the barber's. And when you finish there, I want you to come straight home. Oh, I wanted to stop and pick up some books I ordered. Well, all right. But don't loiter the whole afternoon browsing over those old books the way you usually do. Now hurry and clear up this rubbish. Get rid of that smelly stuff. And no more digging, mind you. Yes, Hermione. Hermione. 
Yes, Hermione. How many years has it been since I've been saying that? Ten years, fifteen, twenty? Clear up the rubbish. Yes, Hermione. Don't forget your umbrella. Yes, Hermione. Do this, do that. Yes, Hermione. Yes, yes. How much longer can I stand this? Good evening, sir. Good evening, Miss Malcolm. Professor Carpenter, isn't it? Mm. Oh, you were. Uh, you like me better this way? Oh, you look ever so much younger without the beard. Twenty years at least. Twenty years. You'll be glad to know those books you ordered have finally arrived. Uh, books? A phytotomy of phalloid gametophytes and coniferous shrubs of North America. Those are the ones you ordered, aren't they? Yes, thank you. You're very kind, Miss Markham. Why kind, Professor Carpenter? Not many young ladies in bookshops would go out of their way to look up rare books for an old professor of botany. Why, you're not old, Professor Carpenter. Really, you look... <laughs> and besides, I adore botany. It's my particular hobby. Oh, really? Yes. You never told me that before, Miss Markham. I was afraid to. You were so imposing with the beard and all. <laughs> and Miss Markham... Yes? Forgive me if this sounds foolish, but... Uh, I feel that shaving off my beard is the most important thing I've done for... for 20 years. Oh, it is. I'm sure it is. I'm ashamed that I've been so distant with you all this time. Oh, there were times when I almost spoke up. Times when you came in here, tired after a day with your students at the university. You seemed so alone, the way I'm alone in the world. I'd like to have asked you to stay a while and talk with me. But some way or other... I wound up by giving you your change and letting you go on your way. You say you're all alone in the world? Since my father died. Did, did you never think of marrying? My father was a very remarkable man. I never found anyone who seemed to measure up to what he led me to expect of men. Miss Markham. It's been so long since anyone called me by my first name. I'd like you to, if you want to. It's Marion. Marion. And yours? Wilfred. Oh, how long have you been alone, Wilfred? Alone? Oh, I knew you were a widower, of course, the first time I saw you. A widower? I can always tell. There's a certain sadness in a man's eyes, a sweet sadness, I think, when he's been married and then... A widower. I never thought of it in quite that way. Oh, but perhaps I shouldn't be talking like this. But I've often wondered what she must have been like. Your wife, I mean. Hermione? Was that her name? Yes, Hermione. Not an easy woman to forget. Very strong, always managing things. The house, my wardrobe, my friends. <laughs> when we dined at a restaurant, she even ordered my food. She was always managing things. You might say she... Yes, she managed herself to death. Poor woman. She must have loved you very much. But she needn't have put herself out, so it's plain to see you don't need things managed for you. Is that so? You need companionship, I think. Someone sympathetic with your work. But the last thing on earth you need is a manager. How well you put it. The last thing on earth. about it. What are you looking so pleased about? Huh. I don't know, Hermione. 
Getting rid of the beard, perhaps. I feel 20 years younger. Oh, look even smaller. Your face looks triangular or something. I'd forgotten your chin was so weak. But never mind that. You can grow it back soon enough after the holidays. Where are you going? Down in the cellar. Oh. I just bought this electric lantern and I thought it... I'd put it away down there. Now, whatever possessed you to buy a thing like that? I don't know. I rather like this lantern. Might come in handy. Who knows? Now, Wilfred, don't start digging down there again. I've a hundred things to do putting the house in order before we leave. I want you to carry these boxes upstairs for me. Yes, Hermione. And if you are going down to the cellar, take this along and stuff it into the furnace. Well, this is my old bathrobe. I may need it. Nonsense. I bought you a new one. Get rid of it. <laughs> and don't start pottering down there with that devil's garden or whatever you call it. I'm through digging, my dear. I think the pit is quite deep enough now for my devil's garden. Oh, it's it's deep enough, all right. It's probably six feet deep, if you catch my drift, Lisa. Uh, maybe not quite that long. <laughs> you know, as you listening to the show, I mean, isn't it? Tremendous. I mean, these shows are so amazing. I can just see this Hermione woman. Right. She probably looks a lot like you. Right. You know, you know kind of that witchy. Yeah, probably like that look. hunched over and always uh, managing things for Well, it's kind of Wilford. like when you hear a voice on the radio and, you know, everybody pictures you tall, dark, and handsome. Right. I mean, you know, radio you know, can be deceiving. Very deceiving. But, uh, yeah, this woman is like, oh, she's awful, right? Yeah. She's so awful. And then the woman that works at the library, she sounds so pretty and so nice and she's so beautiful. sweet. <laughs> and so classy. And she's right. like, I, 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 of course, know that you're a widower. You know, she's like, yeah, a widower, of course. I, I knew it the first time I saw it you. Was the He's sadness like, a sadness in his widow, eyes. A widower. Yeah. You know, and it's like plant. The seed is that's, planted. That's a great, great Oh, my show. gosh. I love this story. As I said, this was done several times. Peter Lorre played the role once. Um, Herbert Marshall. There's a couple of other people. I'm trying to think who else. Oh, Paul Frees. Mm. Paul Frees did a great job. And um, But you know what? I actually think this one with Herbert Marshall is the best version. I don't know why they call it Holiday Story. The story is actually called Back for Christmas. It's written by um, John Collier, I believe. Um, anyway, we'll get back to suspense with Herbert Marshall in just a few minutes. Stick around. More of Hollywood 360 coming your way. Hi, Carl Amari here. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, Suspense, and Burns and & Allen, consider becoming a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows in superior sound quality, along with historical liner notes and photos of the radio stars. The 10 shows I'll send you will be on 5 CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. Members also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full 5-hour Hollywood with 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. The digital links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities whenever you'd like. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. And when you join the Classic Radio Club, there's no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 uh, across 100 plus radio stations coast to coast. And uh, we're listening to a tremendous episode of Suspense. And I would hate for any one of our listeners to miss any of the programming that we present each and every week. We do five full hours here each and every week for our um, 100-plus radio stations and all our listeners, which uh, is in the millions uh, all around the world. And um, so we have we have uh, devised a way for you to get the full five-hour show if you are uh, in a market that does not carry the full five hours. Obviously, if the market uh, that you're in carries our show and you can hear it, no problem, perfect. But if you only get one hour or two hours or three hours or four hours, you're missing some of our programming. So what we've done is um, we've put all five hours by the by the next day, like Sunday or Monday, after we do the show on Saturdays, it is all put together in a podcast. And then we add our Radio Rarities podcast. We do a weekly podcast that is not broadcast called Radio Rarities, where we take a a classic radio show, Lisa and I, and we break it all down. Carl Shadow writes it, and we talk all about that show. Very interesting program. It's a rare program for one reason or another. Um, and we uh, discuss it. We talk before we play it, then we play the show, and then we talk after the program. And uh, it's really, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, Lisa. You do a great job on it, I, I must say. Um, and Mike does a tremendous job mixing it. I think tremendous is your new favorite word. Did I say tremendous a lot of times? Mm-hmm. Just a few. Um, I, I think we've gotten I a lot come of... come up with a different adjective. <laughs> yes, though. you do. We've gotten a lot of great feedback on Radio Rarities, <laughs> and we we think it's something... It's tremendous. We think it's tremendous. We think it's rare <laughs> and tremendous. So we're hoping that you would like to listen. I know that everybody who listens and lets us know is really, really excited about getting it each and every week. Yeah, we add it to our five-hour podcast so, uh, and then we send it to everyone that subscribes, and it's only five ninety nine a month. That just covers our costs to put it out there and do the Mailchimp thing and, and the bandwidth and all that. Right, and that five ninety nine includes all five hours of Hollywood three hundred and sixty plus the Radio Rarities podcast. That's right, and you're sent that each week, and you're only charged five ninety nine a month. Right. So you're getting each weekly five plus hours. For like a dollar fifty or something like that, if you break it all down, it's really. I mean, it's just it's a, tremendous. We want we want to make sure that our listeners that are in markets that can't hear the full show can get it, and for like what it costs us to send it to you. So anyway, go to our website if you want to subscribe to our podcast, Hollywood three hundred and sixty. So that's Hollywood three hundred and sixty zero radio dot com. That's our homepage at the top of the website is how you can sign up and get the full podcast. Uh, We hope you'll do that. And then every Monday, you'll be sent by about uh, sometime before the afternoon. You're sent the full email. You just click it, play it. The links never expire. So if you don't listen to it that week, no problem. Just leave it in your email, and you can listen to it whenever you want. It Take us on trips. You know, that's the other thing. I I have them all archived, Lisa, you know, every week. And I know on Monday, every Monday, there's the podcast. So if I'm traveling somewhere, I just, uh, oh, let me go back and listen, and, you know, and then I hear um, hear our show. 
it's a lot of fun. I think you just like to hear you, but okay. I like, <laughs> I do like to hear me. Yeah, I like you too, Carl. <laughs> I like to hear you. <laughs> All right, let's get back to Holiday Story, starring Herbert Marshall on Suspense. It would all have to be carefully planned, of course. Just as carefully planned as Hermione was planning the trip to America. We both went about our arrangements as the days passed. I spent all the time I could with Marion, and finally she consented. And then it was the last day, the big day. The day we were to sail for America. Operator? Operator, are you there? I'm still waiting on that call to Salisbury. Well, put them on quickly. Hello. Is this Paul Holt and Sons? It's Mrs. Wilfred Carpenter. Did you receive my letter? Good. Now, remember, we'll be back for the holidays, and I want the job done without fail. What's that? Oh, no, I'm sure he doesn't suspect anything. Send the bill to me in New York, as I instructed you, addressed in my name, of course. Oh, yes, I've already put them in the mail. You'll get them tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, here you are, Wilfred. Where have you been? Backstairs. I dismissed the servants. Dismissed the servants? But I've asked some friends of mine into a farewell tea. Go and tell them it's a mistake. I'm afraid it's too late now. They've packed and gone. You have messed things up properly. How many times have I told you to leave things to me? I make the plans around here. Yes, Hermione. You'll have to do better than this when I plan the trip home, or we'll never in the world be back here for the holidays. Back here for the holidays, back here for the holidays. Must you keep saying that? Why not? We are coming back for the holidays, aren't we? Supposing I were offered a professorship in one of those wealthy American universities. Nonsense. Americans care nothing for botany. Luther Burbank was an American. That's different. What have you ever done except muck around in the dirt with a lot of roots and tubers? They asked me to lecture. That means something. Of course they ask you to lecture. Americans will pay to hear any foreigner deliver a lecture. Once. Now, there's no use getting yourself in a state about this, Wilfred. No doubt this extra money will come in very handy when we arrive back Back for the... For the holidays. Precisely. (laughs) And it's no good you're making a joke of it. Heaven knows where you'd be today if I hadn't got a sense of time. Yes, my dear Hermione. And as you've been so foolish as to dismiss the servants, you may empty the ashtrays and straighten up this room while we're waiting for the guests to arrive. I'm going upstairs to change. Call me when they get here. Yes, Hermione. <laughs> Marion, it's Wilfred. No, my darling, nothing's wrong. My plans are the same, and unless you've changed. No. We'll meet in New York and be married there. I'll explain why later. You'll have to trust me. Yes, yes, my darling. Wilfred? Sorry, I can't talk any longer. Yes, I'll meet you in New York without fail. Until then, my darling. Wilfred? Were you talking on the phone just now? Yes, Hermione. Whoever was it? <laughs> Freddy. Freddy Sinclair. Didn't I hear you say something about meeting somebody in New York? Oh, yes. Old Freddy said he might possibly get over there before we leave. I said, of course, we'd meet him there if he did decide to go. Seems very peculiar, but then all of your friends are peculiar. Yes, Hermione. And just look at your jacket. Have you been digging in that cellar again? Yes, Hermione. Well, there's no need for it. You can't possibly get that devil's garden thing finished. Uh, go and change your clothes before the guests arrive. Yes, Hermione. Oh, never mind. I see somebody coming up the walk now. Go and let them in. Yes, Hermione. Wilfred. Yes, my dear. 
Look out the window. There's Professor and Mrs. Goodenough, but who's that with them? Huh? Why, it's... Precisely. It... Freddie Sinclair. Peculiar, you should have been talking to him on the phone not three minutes ago, and now here he is. Yes, isn't it? <laughs> but then, as you say, Hermione, all my friends are peculiar. Huh, not half so peculiar as you. Digging in the cellar an hour before we leave for America. Just look at yourself. And now that I think of it... Yes, Hermione? Oh, never mind. Go and let them in. No, you were going to ask me something. Of the hole I'm digging in the cellar. Oh, good heavens, stop rolling your eyes about that way. One would think you were digging a grave down there instead of a storage bin. Yes, Hermione. What's that? I said yes, Hermione. Oh, bother, open the door and stop saying yes, Hermione. I think, my dear, I've said it for the last time. Suspense, Autolite is bringing you Mr. Herbert Marshall in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Back for the holidays. Hermione was so positive we would be back for the holidays. That last afternoon, pouring tea for a few friends who had come in to say last-minute farewells, she kept reiterating it. Now, mind you, Hermione, don't let those Americans lure your husband with one of their fat university jobs. We absolutely must have you with us for the holidays. He will be back, I promise you. It's not absolutely certain, of course. Wilfred, what do you mean it's not certain? Of course it's certain. After all, Wilfred, old boy, you've contracted to lecture for only two months. That's right. But then, of course, anything may happen. Oh, Wilfred adores being unpredictable. Now, what other man would decide the day, the very day, mind you, before leaving for America, to dig a great hole in the floor of the cellar? In the cellar? Yes, he's going to put some unclassified wild orchids down there. A devil's garden, if you please. Oh, my dear. Sounds so mysterious. Oh, my dear. That's Wilfred, though. It's really quite simple, once you find out what he's up to. Now, take that telephone call he put through to you a few minutes before you arrive, Freddy. To me? Of course. Wilfred wanted to surprise me about your plan to meet us in New York next month. Wasn't that why he called? To ask you not to mention it? But, my dear Hermione, Wilfred couldn't possibly have telephoned me within the past hour. I've been walking in the park since three. He didn't telephone you? How could he? And as for my going to America... No, 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 come, Freddy. You may as well own up. Hermione has found me out again. But, Wilfred, old chap, I really don't. <laughs> you see what a poor liar Wilfred makes. He's as red as a beetroot. Aren't you ashamed of yourself, Professor, stringing poor Hermione along like that? And as for you, Freddy, I'm furious. You said nothing to us about going to America. But look here, old girl. I've been trying to tell everyone here Oh, that... stuff and nonsense. The game's gone on long enough. Besides, we must start getting ready. It was marvellous of all of you to come in to say goodbye. And don't worry about Wilfred's little jokes. I will bring him back for the holidays. You may rely on it. They all believed her. For years, she'd been promising me for dinner parties, garden parties, committees. And the promises had always been kept. This time, they wouldn't be. I'd seen to that. The servants were gone for good. The farewells all said. I had time to the minute how long it would take to fill in the hole in the cellar. My devil's garden. Upstairs in the bedroom, I undressed, folded my clothes over a chair, put on my old bathrobe. Then I opened the door into Hermione's room. Hermione, have you a moment to spare? Of course, dear. I'm just finished. Then come in here for a moment. There's something rather extraordinary here. Oh, good 
Heavens, Wilfred, what are you lounging about in that filthy old bathroom for? I told you to put it into the furnace. I'll do it today. Yes, I really will, I promise. Well, high time. Now, oh, what is it you want to show me? It is in, in the bathroom here. Just look. Who in the world is supposed to drop a gold chain down the bathtub drain? Nobody has, of course. Nobody wears such a thing. Then what's it doing there? Well, I don't see anything. Here. I'll hold this flashlight for you. If you lean right over, you can see it shining deep down. Such a lot of nonsense, just as well. Well, I don't see it, Wilfred. Go on looking, Hermione. In just a moment... Wilfred, I absolutely refuse... Wilfred, what are you doing? Take your hands off my neck. I will, Hermione, just as soon as I've finished the arrangements for my trip to America. What are you talking about? You thought you were the only one who could plan things, didn't you, Hermione? Well, I've been making some plans of my own this past week. In exactly one minute and 45 seconds, you'll be dead. Well, you see, I've planned it very accurately. You'll never get away with it. <laughs> I thought you'd say that, Hermione, but I will get away with it. You won't mind the smell of the leaf mold down in the cellar when I take you down there today. Oh. Yes, that's where you're going, Hermione. Into my devil's garden that annoyed you so much. My friends, <laughs> they all expect me back for the holidays. And if I don't come back, they'll start asking questions. No, they won't. No, because you'll write them letters, Hermione, on the typewriter, as you always do. They'll be signed H in that neat, cryptic way you always sign your notes to your friends. Oh, let me up now. No. It won't work, Wilfred. You were never any good at planning things. Ah, but I've changed. I've learned from watching you all these years. The lecture people in America. <laughs> they'll be expecting you to travel with your wife. I will be traveling with my wife, but not my present wife, Hermione. What? Fortunately, they've never met you. I'll write a few letters home for you, then fewer and fewer. I might even come back alone in a year or two and sell the place, say you died in America. Nobody will ever suspect that you're lying under the floor of the cellar in this oh. very house. Wilfred, it won't work, I tell you. That pit you dug in the cellar... I can assure you, my dear Hermione, it will serve its purpose well. Wilfred, you must... Sorry, my dear, I've got to get this done according to plan. You have just five seconds to say your prayers. Wilfred, you must listen. The cellar... Oh, Stuart. Ah, uh, yes, sir? My wife is indisposed. She'll be taking her meals in our stateroom. For the whole voyage? Yes, for the whole voyage. Well, I trust your wife is feeling better this morning, Professor Carpenter. A little, yes, thank you. Not yet well enough to leave her cabin. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, by the way, here's a copy of the radiogram you sent for your wife last evening. Oh, thank you. I'll just check it over. But look here. What is it? Did the typist make a mistake? No. No, nothing important. She can correct it later. For a moment, I had a feeling that Hermione had been leaning over my shoulder again, correcting what I had written, as she always did. I had written a radiogram to Professor Goodenough and his wife. Have not been out of cabin the whole beastly trip. Wilfred Well, doubt will be back for the holidays. The copy read... No doubt we'll be back for the holidays. Exactly what Hermione would have written. Well, the rest of the voyage was uneventful. And Marion and I met in New York just as I had planned. Just as I had planned.
Professor and Mrs. Carpenter, we have reservations, I believe. Oh, yes, we've been expecting you, sir. Boy. Yes, sir. Take Professor and Mrs. Carpenter's luggage up to their suite. You know, Mrs. Carpenter, you're quite a surprise. Oh? The letter reserving the rooms was so uh, thorough. I was expecting an older, more forbidding sort of person, frankly, ma'am. Oh, no. As a matter of fact, we are just married. Oh. But my letter reserving the room? I, I wrote the letter, my dear, and signed it. Mrs. Wilfred Carpenter, just as a joke. <laughs> what a cunning old fox you are, Wilfred. Now that I think of it, I am rather. Oh, I almost forgot. A letter for you, Mrs. Carpenter. That's peculiar. I wonder who on earth... Well, we'll, we'll find out in good time, darling. Come along. We're keeping the boy waiting. Ah, nothing like a cold, brisk shower to put a man to rights. Wilfred, <laughs> this letter. Oh, yes, yes, the letter. Yes. Darling, dry my hair, will you? Yes, dear. It hmm? seems to be a bill of some sort from a building contractor in Salisbury. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, yes. Oh, bother, dry your own hair. Right, thank you, Miss <laughs> Let's see this, uh, let's see this bill or whatever it is. Uh... Yeah. It's very puzzling, Wilfred. You were a widower, weren't you? I mean, Hermione isn't still alive. Oh, good heavens, no. <laughs> let's have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dear madam, that's a good one. This is to acknowledge your order, together with the keys to your house in Launston Place. Our men had no difficulty in finding the place where your husband had begun the excavation in the cellar. But apparently he changed his mind at the last moment and filled it in again. What is it, Wilfred? Our men will begin digging tomorrow. You may rest assured that it will be a professional job and will be completed in ample time for your surprise Christmas present to your husband. We are happy to be conspirators with you in this thoughtful gesture and hope that Professor Carpenter will be pleased at the results of our work that he so quaintly calls his devil's garden. Very truly yours, Paul Holt and Sons Contractors. Well, what does it mean, Wilfred? It means that Hermione was right. I will be back for the holidays. Back for the holidays. Back for the holidays! Back for the holidays! Back for the holidays! Thank you, Herbert Marshall, for a splendid performance. And now, here again is Mr. Herbert Marshall. It has been a pleasure to appear tonight on Suspense. And it is my pleasure to extend to all of you, for Autolite, Tony Leader, and his Suspense cast and crew, and myself, best wishes for the holiday season. Next week, on Radio's Outstanding Theatre of Thrills, you will hear William Bendix in another gripping study in... Suspense. Herbert Marshall will soon be seen with Margaret O'Brien in the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer production of The Secret Garden. 
Tonight's suspense play was dramatized by Robert Tallman from a story by John Collier. Music was conducted, composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. In the coming weeks, Suspense will present such stars as Ethel Barrymore, Dana Andrews, Robert Montgomery, Danny Kaye, and many others. So make it a point to listen each Thursday to Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. And next Thursday, same time, hear William Bendix. show. While we in North America are enjoying an abundant Christmas, millions of people in Europe are still hungry. Your $10 sent to CARE, C-A-R-E, will go a long way toward putting some less fortunate European family back on the road to health, happiness, and freedom. Good night. Merry Christmas from Autolite. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. The Autolite girl got an upgrade there. She was able right. to, they gave her extra lines in yes. this episode. That's what I aspire to be, Carl, the, the Autolite girl. The Autolite spark plug girl. Right. You yeah. are a spark plug. I'm a bit of a... And you are a girl. I'm sparkly. I think. I'm sparkly. I don't know where the plug comes in, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's Holiday Story on Suspense, December 23rd, 1948. Herbert Marshall starring... And um, uh, Harlow Wilcox doing the announcing there. You know, Harlow Wilcox. Harlow. Yep. Harlow. All right. Uh, time for this month in music history. So we're going to 1980. I've spent plenty of time on the 70s. We're going to move forward. These are all songs from 1980 this evening. Here's the first one. Another one bites the dust. That's it. Too bad this isn't uh, name that tune. Wait, I'm low. This is Queen, and it's from the album The Game. Are you ready? And this was charted at number one in the Billboard charts for three weeks. I had a listener this week said, keep singing, Carl. Oh, keep singing. Go for it. I think she's 100% right. Well, maybe when we get to uh, learning the lyrics. Mm. All right. Thanks, All right, Lisa. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 and more of my singing after <laughs> this break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, it's a Christmas episode of Ozzy and Harriet. Plus, we'll play Beat the Host. That's exactly right. We're going to be doing Christmas trivia. Mm. So if you'd like to be on the air, have a little bit of fun, play the game, you can give us a call at 312-642-5600. Looking for caller number 8. 312-642-5600. Call, be on the air, and we'll see you in our next hour. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.